Hello, it's Jack Tudor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Ava Rusty, a pianist and bassist based in Tehran, Iran. Ava's new album, Genestra, is named after a flower that grows on the side of a volcano. And it's out now on Flaming Pines, wonderful label. It's based primarily on samples taken from Western classical music by composers such as Bach and Sibelius and Beethoven. So you have this basis of richness, this kind of sweeping instrumental beauty, and then these samples are put through a process or augmented by Ava, which introduces all these different emotional hues. Sometimes outright destruction, sometimes these fractures of internal fraughtness, these fissures. And it's amazing to hear these samples of orchestras kind of breaking at the seams a lot of the time, or shot through with these like shimmers of water, Um, It's a record that goes in so many different directions and the accompanying text puts this album in the context of concepts like revolution and survival. Looping features quite a lot on this album. You have this idea of persistence in the face of changing, undulating surroundings. You have also this sense of revolution taking a multitude of different forms, sometimes outright and forthright, sometimes a quiet stir, a shimmer. It's such a great record. And I love speaking to Ava. So this one was done slightly differently. I sent over all my questions in one recording over email. Ava replied with her recording and I pieced the podcast together here. I think it worked out really well. It was so nice to get all these insights from Ava on the three records that she picked, three good ones. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And if you have been enjoying the show generally, you can support it over at Coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash crucial listening. You can donate monthly or one-off any amount you please to help keep the podcast going. Or if you're listening and enjoying, that's enough too. Thank you so much. Anyway, here we go. This is... Ava Rusty on Crucial Listening. Welcome to Crucial Listening. So, you've brought three important albums for us to talk about. Before we get to those, I want to ask about your new album, 
Ginestra that just recently came out on Flaming Pines. So the first question I'd like to ask on this one is how you got going with this record and how you tend to start with your music. What are the first pieces to fall into place for you? Hello Jack, uh, thank you so much for inviting me to your amazing podcast. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. Um, so the first element usually for me is the story behind or the concept. There's a quote from you included on the release text for Genestra, and one of the lines is, these pieces are the result of the destruction of beautiful moments in history with the emergence of revolution, destruction, and reconstruction. So I wondered if you could elaborate on that for me. Um, yes, the whole concept actually came from this quote, um, because I think classical music is an important part of history because it's like a complete reflection of feelings in different periods of time like our unconscious uh, making something about our feelings but then I wanted to destroy all those memories which could be different for each person um, but then cannot completely destroy them we have to build a new story from that it was a very kind of personal feeling for me uh, because during the time that I was working on Ginestra I was also experiencing a very weird situation um, I was in Italy and far from home and in my country kind of revolution was happening. Uh, but at the same time I was in a very peaceful area and inside me was like a <laughs> volcano full of fire and very stressful. Um, it was like all my memories from my home were in the fire and destroyed but at the same time I wanted to building a new thing full of power and immortal like the Ginestra flower. I also want to talk about your process for making this record and maybe give me a bit of insight into your process for making the pieces on Genestra and specifically as well I mean the album was created out of samples from the canon of Western classical music including Bach, Sibelius and Beethoven so could you talk to me about how you chose the pieces that you wanted to sample? Um, as I usually start to compose with improvisation uh, I would say it's not all without any structure but it's more like I know the structure a little bit, but uh, I'm open to seeing what's happening if I start to compose with improvisation. Um, actually, I choose the pieces that I was very attached to them, uh, and they brought personal memories for me. Um, as I started music by playing classical piano, I had too many beautiful memories with some of the classical pieces. Um, for example, that piece from Bach that I used in Goldberg uh, was one of the most favorite pieces for me during that time. And um, I really wanted to play that piece. And yeah, it was like a dream for me <laughs> to play this piece. And But then I never did it. <laughs> and uh, so when I'm listening to this piece, it's an endless pleasure and at the same time a regret for me. The artwork image by Alberto Paparotto is beautiful. So how did you arrive at this being the cover photo for Ginestra? 
So um, this is my favorite part of the process. Um, as I composed Ginestra in Fabrica residence in Italy, uh, we were a group of friends and all the time we were talking about our projects and the ideas and um, it was so nice because there were too many collaborations between us. Alberto was one of my closest friends and he's an amazing photographer and we were so close and it was so easy to understand each other and uh, one day he just showed me some pictures that he took when he was in a place to visit a volcano and I was actually surprised because I was working on that um, all the concept of the Ginestra was like a volcano, like a active volcano. Um, so then I asked him to use his pictures and um, because it was like a sign for me, I was sharing all my feelings with Alberto during of working on Ginestra. And then he showed me exactly what I wanted. So let's go to your first important record then, Ava. So we're going to go with William Bozinski's Water Music. Maybe start by giving me an introduction as to why this album is important to you. Um, so, it was the first time that I was listening to Basinski. Um, his music influences me so much. I think I learning too many things from him. Because of this space, he's building an incomplete loop. Atmosphere could be filled with um, power and emotions. Uh, I was inspired by him that only melody or sentence is not important. Repeating something can give a lot of meaning. Um, you can make your own story and meaning as a listener. I'm kind of surprised that William Pazinski hasn't come up on this podcast already. I thought maybe the disintegration loops would come up before now. It's very interesting that Water Music is the first one to appear. So... Do any other works by Bozinski connect with you as well? And what is it about water music that makes it the important one for you? Um, so all of his works are so beautiful, um, but I also really would love the Cascade. Um, water music is the first time that I discovered Bozinski, so I think that's why it's so special for me. And is it a record that you still listen to now? Uh, yes, I'm listening to this album a lot and uh, I love that when you focusing you can notice that there is too many layers, like very deep layers and sometimes I can hear something like the rusty irons deep in the ocean, so dark, but then he gives you a light by adding another layer and yes, there are too many details that I would love to find each time that I listen to this piece. And when you think back through your memories associated with listening to this record, what kind of places and experiences come to mind for you? So, uh, when I discovered this piece, I remember it for a very long time, like one month or more. Every day from the morning uh, till the night, all the time, I was listening to this one. And uh, it was the background of anything that I was doing.
for me, this record by Brzezinski has this sense of existing outside of time. There aren't any discernible beginnings or endings. You're just kind of stranded within it. And your music also often uses loops or cycles in a way that feels reminiscent of this. I mean, you've got a title like Infinity as well, which points to this quality of time defiance within your music. So do you think that feeling of defying time is a reason that you connect with this work by Bazinski as well? Um, yes, exactly. When I was composing Infinity, uh, I was also listening to Basinski and also Caretaker or Rebelais and uh, I think I felt the power of looping on these works. Um, there was a common and it was as if they were playing with time, they could hold it and stay in that moment forever. Infinity is from a piece from Sibelius and um, this was a very short part of that piece and uh, I was listening to this piece like every day but each time I was waiting for just this part uh, because I loved this part of this piece. <laughs> so um, I was thinking of looping just this part in the beginning and I wanted to loop it for like one hour or something, uh, but then I did it shorter. So let's talk about your second important record then, Ava. Let's go for In Rainbows by Radiohead. So again, if you could start by giving me a little introduction as to why this one is important to you. So um, Radiohead is one of the reasons that I started to play rock music. After I listened to In Rainbows, I started to play bass guitar and then I had an underground uh, rock band in Tehran um, for I think almost five years yeah I just started to play rock music and then um, this album was like a door to another world for me again this is another one where I'm surprised they haven't featured on the podcast before so this is the first Radiohead record we've had picks on Crucial Listening so are there other Radiohead albums as well that you connect with and is there a reason that in Rainbows has stuck out as the important one for you? Um, I think all of the albums are very special to me. Um, I mean, Radiohead in general is very special for me, um, but I'm also very attached to Key Day. Um, but In Rainbows was the first album of Radiohead that I listened to when you think back to your memories associated with this record again what kind of places and experiences come to mind for you um so uh, 
I remember when I was 14, I went on my first trip with my brother and um, everything was so new for me. I was so excited about uh, that trip. And uh, every night we went to the desert to watch the stars and my brother and his friends uh, were listening to this album a lot. And it was my first time to hear Radiohead and uh, the image of what I was experiencing in the desert and what I was thought of this album was very magical together. And uh, we were also watching their performance uh, from the basement. I remember that I just wanted to be like Johnny Greenwood. After that, he became uh, the most important person in Radiohead and also uh, in his personal works for me. And do you still listen to this album now? Yes, I still listening to this album, and um, it's so weird because um, every time it's like my first time. I was talking to a friend about this record recently, and he said it was a perfect record with the exception of Body Snatchers and the placement of that track as the second track. Now, I've heard Body Snatchers getting a bad rap a, a few times. I, I love where it's placed on the album. I think it's awesome. I wondered if I could get your take on that. And then also, uh, yeah, what's your favorite track on In Rainbows? Um, I think I agree with you. Um, I also really like the way that they put the tracks in order. Um, my favorite track, um, it's a bit hard also to say uh, which one, but... Um, I think the most special track in this album for me is uh, Weird Fishes. Okay, Alva, you've got one more important record, and this is by Harold Budd, and it's called As Long As I Can Hold My Breath, Brackets By Night. So, again, give me a little introduction as to why this one is important to you. So, uh, this album is very special for me. Um, it's very influenced uh, my work, and I was listening to this piece while I was uh, working on Genestra. How did you discover this one, if you remember? Um, so, I'm a big fan of Harold Bod, uh, and I really love all his works. Um, I discovered him from The Peer, which is a collaboration between him and uh, Brian Eno. And then after that I started to listen to him more, and this is how I find this piece. So curiously, this is the second disc on a double album. So the first one is Avalon Sutra, the first disc, and this is the second. So 
What's your relationship like with the first disc? And is there a reason that the second disc is the important one for you? Um, actually, just this part of this album is very special for me. I love the atmosphere and this endless looping with these beautiful strings and um, it gives me the feeling of breathing for real. Gives me too many images. Um, this piece is very simple but in the same time so deep and complicated. And this second disc is actually a remix of Harold Budd by Akira Rabelais. So what's your relationship like with Rabelais' work outside of this piece? Do you connect with that as well? Uh, yes, I know him and I also very much like his work. Um, the element of Rebelais' work uh, for me is the silence inside his music. Also, you can find this silence inside as long as uh, it gives you space to build your side inside the piece, uh, like building your story. I'm going to ask this question for this record too. When you think back to your memories associated with this album, what kind of places and experiences come into your head? Uh, so I was in Italy and I had to ride my bike every day for almost two hours. Um, and I was biking in a road and listening to this piece. I was full of emotions during that time and the image that I have is the foggy road so-called with the bike and also I was focusing on my breath, thinking about this name uh, as long as I can hold my breath. This name was very synced with uh, all my feelings and what I had experienced so all of those together were very majestic experiences with this piece. And do you still listen to this album now? Uh, yes, still almost every day um, I'm listening to this piece and I think these three albums are not just uh, for a specific period. Uh, they are with me all the time. I can see the effects of them on my work. And it was so hard to say just uh, three albums. <laughs> there are too many albums like these three for me which I listening to them. Or if I don't listen to them, they are with me in my music. I can see some pieces from different music that I listening to them and I attach to them on my work. I'd like to close by asking about how music comes into your life as a listener. So how do you tend to buy your music? Like, do you have preferred formats? Where do you go? Yeah, tell me a bit about that. Um, I would say that I prefer to buy the physical versions, um, but in Iran it's so hard because, for example, the vinyls are so expensive and also it's very limited. Um, 
there are few stores that they have something. Uh, so now I prefer to buy digitally, for example, from Bandcamp. Huge thanks to Ava for doing this interview with me. Again, I'll say her new album, Genestra, is out on Flaming Pines. It is really gorgeous. I'll include links in the show notes so you can check that out. And to everyone listening, I will see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.